1: Uh, as always I'm joined by my good friend Timmy Long Hi hey, everyone um, And we have a full moon out tonight <laughs> yeah. And the man came in with a beard like a werewolf Dan
2: Sweeney, what's the crack? Hello lads That was a lovely intro I was waiting for, I was waiting for something crazy alright
1: <laughs> But uh, thanks for coming down to Little Island to meet <laughs> no, us No problem um, Socially distanced mm-hmm. In a beautiful studio um, Thanks to Sharon again for letting us use mm, some space yeah. But um, I know you Dan um, a lot of people know you. You're a bit of a celebrity on Instagram and that. But <laughs> uh, for the man. people that don't know you, where who are you? Where are you from? And what was it like growing up?
2: Okay. And um, firstly, thanks so much for having me on. It's welcome. a pleasure. I've, I've watched and listened to all the podcasts, so it's it's cool to be here and, mm-hmm. and meet you. Um, you again. Yeah. And you for the first time. Yeah. So I was on your podcast. You were. Yeah. <clears throat> we did a good old chat. Yeah, it was a great um, experience. What did we, we did in the. I say it
1: was last summer in the Vinery Woods. Was It It's the last summer. Yeah.
2: Lockdown, Lockdown Mark one. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, my name is Dan Sweeney. I'm 31. Um, I'm married with two kids. So life is over. I'm I'm done. I'm done. Um, <laughs> Timmy can relate there. Yeah. Timmy Most gave me a look.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. What you, I what went through my head is there? Like you seem like 31 years of age and married two kids. You seem mm. well settled and yeah. mature. Yeah, I think,
2: I think, you, yeah, I think you, you learn that. I'm not the type to to wait around. And, yeah. I kind of like to just do things quick and get it get it done. So yeah, life is yeah, over. Um, I grew up in Toker first, moved to Bishopstown when I was I think twelve or thirteen, and mm-hmm. stayed there. I'm living in Wilton now with my wife and my two kids.
1: Yeah, Wilton's a grand spot. I stayed out in Eagle Valley there for a couple of years. Oh yeah, so I'm actually just down there. the road from. Yeah, like, it's not a bad spot. It's grand it's and fine, quiet yeah. out there. But um, <clears throat> so you you're a bit of a footballer, yeah? I can play. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you playing with? School um, guys.
2: So I started with uh, a local club, Greenwood in the south. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah? I sounds like you had a few battles, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I started with them up until oh, probably six, sixteen or seventeen, um, and I could always, I could always play, but I never, you know, I never kind of took the next step. I, I suppose I'm a, a loyal type person. That mm-hmm. when I, they were my local club, they were my dad's mm-hmm. club and my granddad's club. Yeah. So I played with them from when I was maybe 6 till 16. Did you ever come up to Knocknoheney to play Farm? Yeah,
1: oh, I was lost. Happy days. Newfairn, we a local things. club. No, they're not a club anymore. It was well, never really a big club. The big clubs up there would be Temple United, Castleview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah. further down you would have Rockmount and Mary's. Yeah. But Knocknoheney was no wasn't it? Mm-hmm.
3: We had a, a club called Norvilla at one stage. They oh was, yeah? Fuck it. if you've seen the gang, <laughs> you yeah. always Whoever, whoever's this, if any of the lads are listening, oh, they'll know. Like, My
1: dad was the manager. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, fucking Gangster FC. <laughs> and if you were saying it, then oh, you Oh, we were, Jesus Christ, yeah.
3: I remember one day, um, we were playing down in Park United. Oh, yeah. I was after being out drinking and drugging for about three or four <laughs> days at this stage. And I was on the sideline uh, drinking bottles. And I went into extra time. Um, and I was told, come on. So I went down anyway, an extra time... It, and I scored a winning goal in the extra time. Right, barely able <laughs> to stand. Like, Jesus oh, Christ! Yeah, with some, mean? with some crack.
1: I remember though. another day? Then they were playing. Uh, <laughs> they were playing up in the back road and Kilmore Road up by the reservoir, Knocknagheny, yeah. and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I came up and I was like, what's going on over there? I won't say his name, no, like, but one of the players was chasing him. one of their players around the pitch, he owed the money for Coke, come back to you. Jesus
3: Christ. So that's your two uh, memories of playing uh, soccer, so. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. But uh, no yeah. fair, I'm happy there. Uh, yeah, I remember playing against Greenwood, but where was your position?
2: Um, mostly centre mid <laughs> <laughs> I'm still laughing over these stories guess, I'm <laughs> the was it was just running away from me that was the position <laughs> uh, um, mostly centre mid but then kind of moved into centre back then as well for, for a small bit um, but yeah so I, I played with them up to like I think it was maybe 16, 17 and then at that stage you know there's the league um, creates a team to play against different leagues in different counties so you yeah. know the Cork League creates a team and we're playing against Dublin like the and the Kennedy Cup yeah, but it was an older age, so it was a okay. Cork Ute League. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so that team was brought together new to you know do trials for for the team and and, and all that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it was a lot of the Cork City managers and you know management involved in that team and picking mm-hmm. the team. So I was kind of maybe one of a few from the smaller teams, and yeah. it was mostly you know Cork Fring City and, and mm-hmm. yeah, and Cove Ramblers and things yeah, like yeah, that yeah, training. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I knew I could play. I was I was at a good enough standard. I was the type of player that I'd run all day and I, you know, be strong and tough. I wasn't the most skillful, but yeah. that helped me. So win like... the ball and just give it to the person who yeah. can pass the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I got onto that team um, and I was playing with that team for for the year. And you know, at the end of that year, I was I was starting every game. And the manager, who was actually the manager with Cork City at the time as well. Who's that? Um, Paul Bowdrum is his name. Oh, so yeah, he was yeah, a yeah. manager of the under twenty ones, and asked me would I sign for the for Cork City next year. And for me, you know, someone growing up, I always wanted to be a, a soccer player. I always wanted to be professional. Now I don't think I was ever good enough to make it across channel, but I yeah. know I could play at a standard that was maybe League of Ireland. Yeah, but yeah. again, that type of player that would win the ball and just give it to the good people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot you, to be said for that by the way there rest. is oh yeah and,
3: and do you know what we've produced a lot of players in this country just like that yeah
2: i yeah. Roy Keane
1: David yeah. Myler Keith Fahey and it was actually, actually David
2: Myler playing in centre mid with me when I was playing with the, the Cork League but to look at the standard like you know I, I was here he was way up there yeah. but then when he goes to the UK to play you just see the difference again mm-hmm. it's a yes. next step yeah. up yeah. Um. so for for them to ask me to you know sign with Cork City at the time was a massive thing and you know, it was, it was a goal of mine for a long time and I really started to think that, you know, life is made now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to make it League of Ireland if, if I can, you know, really work hard at it. And mm-hmm. I never wanted to do anything else. Like in school, I was the type that I would get by, I would turn up. I wasn't, I was never a troublemaker. I was, yeah. I was a messer and I got away with, you know, the teachers yeah. and having a bit of crack like that. But I never really wanted to do anything in school or I never, mm-hmm. college was never a thing for me. Mm-hmm. It was always I'm going to be a footballer. It was something a yeah. sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was kind of my that was my life goal. And was it was it much of a
1: big was it a big step up going from Greenwood to Cock youths uh, and to City?
2: Well, just before I signed with them, it was it was during kind of the summer break. I was just about to sign, and I, I played uh, Gaelic football as well. with same from Baris Southside again. Yeah. Um, and we, we had a very good team as well and we were playing in the semi-final of the, the county under-21s and second half of a game and never got injured in my life, like I never missed a game, nothing. And I jumped up to catch a ball and I landed wrong and my knee popped and I snapped my cruciate in my knee, so it's cruciate ligament. It's basically the, the ligament that holds your thigh bone to your shin bone. Yeah. Um, so it's a type of injury that happened to Virgil van Dyke. Recently, yeah. Right. Um, so you, you know, Roy yeah, and he was probably one of the first that people kind of heard oh. of. Um, so like for a professional level, you'd be out for at least six months. If you're not professional, then mm. it's it's nine months, probably longer.
1: Mm. And some players don't come back the same. Some players
2: all. don't come back at all. Um, and some players then, you know, would wouldn't go through rehab, wouldn't put that much into mm. their rehab, and they come back better than ever. Yeah. It's just everyone's everyone's mm. different. So for me, like it was a massive massive blow. You know, I was looking forward for the next year, and I was a type that I'd be training two times a day. I'd yeah. Come back from school, mm-hmm. and I'd go straight off for a run, do my homework, go back out, go for another run. I was, I was obsessed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to get that blow in it was, it was definitely tough. That you know, I had to miss the next year, and I came back too early. Then after that, what age we having the injury happened? I was, I think it was nineteen when it happened mm-hmm. the first time. Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah I was 19 I was just the first year Coming out of school yeah. um, And it was the, It was just the summer I was supposed to Let's say start with Cork mm. City So I missed that time They still waited And I came back And But when I came back You know I just I wasn't the same mm. Same player You're just not the same yeah. um,
3: There's a bit of fear there Yeah the It's going to happen It's, again, it's funny
2: it? You think that You're going in And you're not You're yeah. not fearful But you're just Your leg isn't as strong yeah, yeah. And remember, you're going in And you're pulling out of
1: things I was playing um, Five a side on the Or something I was playing a tournament And I went over on my ankle and I did a ligament and cartilage damage Mm. on my ankle. But ever Mm. since then, I don't trust it. You know, I don't go in the same way again. You know what I mean? You know, like it's a bit fragile and it was never, never the same afterwards. And did you like have that in the back of your head that it could happen again type of
2: thing? Definitely. Like I, I think I I was listening to what my physios and what trainers are saying and you know, at the time there was, I think, you know, teams wanted to get me back as quickly as possible and At the time as well, it wasn't really an injury that was well known about people. And it still changes Mm. so much in the medical profession. Things change so much. So the way they do the operation now was totally different to the way they did it. But they were trying to, you know, basically rush me back and get me back as quickly as possible. And, you know, physios were saying I was okay to go and trainers were saying I was okay to go. But I just knew I wasn't. I didn't feel 100%. So I came back too early and, you know, within three months it was gone again had another operation and came back. Same injury. Exact same. Um, so I was out for another nine months again um, and came back again. But the third time I came back, sorry, the second time I came back, I just, I didn't reach the same standard. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'd say I played a full season with Cork City, but I, I just knew I wasn't good enough. I wasn't there. Um, so I went back to my original club and played with another few smaller clubs as well.
3: How did that affect you, Dan, mentally? Like, to I was, not to I mean, know was that
2: yeah, you just didn't, you know, I didn't know what to do because... Mm-hmm. Again, I was, going to, I was going to be a professional soccer player. Again, not in the UK. It was just a thing of League of Ireland at the time was mm. still a really good standard and you can make a good mm. living. All your eggs were in that basket. Everything was in that basket. Um, <clears throat> and it was just, you know, I come from a really sporting background, in, you know, loads of different sports. So it was all I knew. So it was definitely hard to take, but I think, you know, it was happening over a long period. It was maybe three years that I said, if it happened again, that was it, I'm not going not gonna to get the operation. And it did happen again. It was maybe a year and a half later again and it happened before a game. It was actually happening before a game I was going to play against my original club, Greenwood. Mm. And it happened in the warm-up. Something simple. And I knew it was gone, but I said, I'm playing the game. Because, oh, yeah. because otherwise it would be a thing of, oh, I pulled out because yeah, I was afraid to play. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I played and I played a, a great game even though I knew I was injured. I had the scan the following week and it was gone again. And it's still gone. I've, I haven't had the the operation. But it's... It's okay. I can if I manage it. If I do enough weight work on it, if I if I stay running mm. in straight lines, I can do long distances. But it's the quick turning is is the thing.
3: Mm. How do they repair an injury like that? It, they, like for instance, I, I ruptured my Achilles mm. there a while back, and there was two options. One was an operation, and I was taught, like I, I couldn't get the operation done because we were in the middle of a lockdown. Mm. So when I went to the hospital. Um, it actually happened during a football game, soccer as well, I went back after a number of years, and it just, it was like a balloon just went off in my body, it was just, just, just poof, yeah. and it snapped. So I drove to the hospital, thinking, not, I thought nothing of it, I thought it was a calf injury or something like that, Um went to the hospital, I was there for ages, so I said i go home, I went to work the next morning with <laughs> oh, it, yeah. um, so I was putting down the floor, so I wasn't went too bad, I, that's what I thought, and... Yeah. Um, That night I went home, had my dinner, and I went into bed, I couldn't sleep, so I went to the hospital the next morning, the doctor told me, right, you're after rupturing your Achilles tendon, right, so it was after snapping, Hmm. but we didn't know to what extent, so what they done was, they just put my my toes outwards, you know, and it was like, so they'd sew back together, or whatever healing they could do, Yeah, so... um. There was two options, as I said. There was the operation and this, mm-hmm. the heel like that. And they kept me in that cast. I was told I, I was going to go to the hospital after a week. I was in that cast for four weeks without yeah, seeing yeah. a doctor because of the lockdown again. And um, when I got to the hospital after the four weeks, the doctor says, <laughs> starting to soar back. That's it funny. actually saws back, like the tendon saws. yeah, yeah. And um, they kept me in the cast for six weeks, yeah. and I'm still. James will tell you I'm still, still. So this was it. August, mm. and I'm still not right. I'm yeah, still it trying to, uh, trying to. It's still tight. Yeah, you know. I can imagine. So, what my point is is, is that injury something that reattaches itself, or does it have to be an operation, or no, what?
2: It's, it's an operation. Yeah. So it's basically the the tendon. It's it's like an elastic band between your the two it's behind your kneecap and it's connecting your thigh bone to your shin bone basically um and what they normally do is they can go in and take a graft from your hamstring or they can take another they do it loads of different ways now loads of people have different operations Mm. some people get you know a cut all the way across the kneecap Mm. so i got a few operations where it's you know small keyhole but they can take it from different places i think i got mine from from hamstring but it's it's never it's never the same Mm. like yeah some of it is definitely mental. It's a mental yeah. thing. Remember, but some um, physical.
1: Remember Michael Owen? Yeah. Didn't he have? Didn't he do a cruciate as well uh, just he before did. he went to the World Cup? He
2: did like cruciate and him. He's he The hamstring was
1: fucked, wasn't it? Yeah. But the cruciate, like he never he never <clears> regained that a yard of pace. Yeah. And he wasn't the same player because he relied on that acceleration, that bust, didn't yeah. he? And he, I heard him in an interview saying like he never even like wanted to run. Uh, past defenders yeah, because, because he, he always had it in his yeah. head that the hamstrings are going to go the knee is going to go yeah. so psychologically it has a big impact on your game or mm. big time yeah. yeah
2: like for me I can still I can still run in straight lines I can do I've done ultramarathons and I've done long distances straight straight lines is fine and at the end it's it starts to get sore like the the doctor the last surgeon I met um, said that the you know the bone on the inside of my knee is starting to wear away mm. um, and it will continue to wear away as I get older because it's you know, it, there's so much injury to it but Something I just can't stop doing. I want to be able yeah. to do something. I want to be able to run. And if I manage it, it's it's definitely better. Tell us about ultra marathons. <laughs> Sounds very fucking ultra, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, ultra marathons is basically anything longer than a marathon. So people kind of usually look at it as 50 kilometers upwards. Um So the next one I have is in, hopefully, June this year. It's in Belfast. Mm. It's a 24-hour race Um around a 1.6 kilometer track in Belfast. And you have to do it as many times as you can in the 24 hours. Whoever does the most wins, basically. Yeah. This, this.
3: How's your body? How are you
1: <laughs> after something like that? How's your body after? Does it take weeks to recover?
2: Or oh, it's... I you, you just used to the running now? It's, yeah, it's, it's funny. It, it's, a lot of it is, is mental. Mm. Um, if you do enough training, it's it's the head that gets to you first. I did um, a charity event. It was the end of 2019, I think. All the years now are mixed in with, with yeah, these lockdowns. you I know. Um, but it, it was 100 kilometres around the lock in 24 hours was that hours. for um, House. yeah oh, I remember that Yeah. so we did that and we raised I think it was 30 grand at the time it was it was amazing but you know there were so many people came out to run with me as well but I wanted to get 100 kilometres done in the 24 hours um, but most of it is is in the head because mm-hmm. your body will keep going but it's you know it's the head that's just kind of saying you know slow down or take a break um, you know the, the next yeah. day after that I was able to go for a run or two days yeah. after that you, know, See, you, um, you know, <laughs> do you know Eddie is out yeah, did you see the the marathons yeah, he's running yeah. lately? That's yeah. amazing, isn't it? But he's he's it running a marathon it. every day
1: for a few days. Like
2: I think he's doing it up to like thirty days. I think is it thirty days? But and he did okay. it before, and he's not a young man. Like, but I think it just shows again. Like he's if you looked at him, he's not a person who's in great shape. Oh. He's it's a lot he's of it is in the head. Of course, of course, you need to have the training done. But if someone told you You really need to run, you know, forty two kilometers, if you have to run a marathon today, mm-hmm. you you will do it.
3: But it's getting your head around that. There's a guy there on the north uh, of of Ireland, his name is Steve McGowan. Okay. He's big into all these uh, ultramarathons. He's actually a motivational speaker. Mm. You know, he has his own um, thing going on up there in Fermanagh, I think. Oh, yeah. and he, does, he I think he done 60 ultramarathons in, 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 in 60 days. Oh, really? Yeah
2: it would probably meet like some up people fast. You might laugh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and laugh me ten times. It's, like <laughs> the standard I'm at again would be very basic in, in terms of something like that. But it's for me. It's Personal it's goals, more. Like. Yeah, it's more the the mental challenge again. See, can I do that? I've never actually. I've never run a marathon. Mm. I've I've done ultras. I've done a lot longer, but I've never run a marathon. I've I i do not know what it is. I've just I just love the the mental goal of doing longer, and it's mm-hmm. never for time because yeah. I think you know when it comes to marathons and shorter races, it's how fast did you do it then? and how quick was it and you're comparing it to everyone Mm -hmm. else whereas for me it's I want to do something that is testing my own mind to see if I can keep going when I don't want to anymore yeah it's hard to get into isn't it at the
1: moment I've started running within the last 10 days or something you know around the Lee fields Mm -hmm. And we, this morning, I ran three kilometres without stopping. That was my first time being able to it's do that. Bad, you know? But I up that now to four yeah. and to five, you know, and just to kind of build my stamina. You yeah. know, But it's hard to get into. And I was like, fucking, when I started out, mm-hmm. I just felt so unfit because, like, the gym would be more my thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of resigned to the fact now that gyms are obsolete <laughs> and I need to find mm-hmm. other avenues, you yeah, know. Yeah. So I got myself a Garmin watch. There, uh, uh, do you went out to tech again. Just yeah, to I know, yeah. But um, it's actually motivating me, though. Do you know, when I see, like, uh, when I was able to run around from the Kingsley car park mm-hmm. up the riverbank mm-hmm. and back down the straight road, it's nearly bang actually on three, three yeah. kilometres, bang on, yeah. that lap. So the first couple of times I had to stop once mm-hmm. or twice, you know, and then the second time I had to stop less. But this morning I didn't have to stop at all. But it's actually good motivation mm-hmm. to see the progress, you mm-hmm. know, it, like, mm-hmm. fucking a warm-up you now for an ultra-marathon run. No, it's not, like, so but, like
2: you know? I, I never... Like I'd never look at a a runner and think, you know, I'm faster than you or I could run further than you because like how I got back into running, I didn't run for, I'd say maybe two years. I was just doing gym work because that's all I thought I could do. But I just got so frustrated not being able to run and Mm. doctors telling me I'd never run again. And I remember one day leaving my home in Wilton and I I was just kind of, I think I had a kind of a stressful day and I just Mm. wanted to get out of the house. So I put on my runners and said to the wife, I'm going to go for a run. I might be back in two minutes. I have no idea and it was probably the most painful run i was ever on because my my knee was throbbing but i just i just had to go and i think I'm, i probably only did maybe two kilometers i have no idea yeah. but it was sore but i maybe left it two days and went again and that was maybe 2 years ago and you know fast forward 2 years and i'm able to run 100 she kilometers. Running. And I'm able to run longer long distance is that long no fucking hell this is it's, it is but you'll be surprised now how quickly yeah. you said you did one down. lap three yeah. three kilometers like you you'll notice that in maybe in 2 months that three kilometers is like no. is like a warm up. Yeah, mm-hmm. running is one of those things that people think they can't do, because when you start within the first hundred meters, you're panting. You're probably running too fast. Mm-hmm. Most people run off, start mm-hmm. off running too fast. Do you know what? Is?
3: Another thing there about running. Do you know what is? this is often happened to me? Even if I'm on a treadmill, when I'm out running, my head starts and I right? just just do another mile, and you gradually be able to stop. It's like the, the physical ego is trying to yeah, stop you. Yeah. Yeah. Take care yeah. of the body. Yeah. You don't need to run here at all. Yeah.
2: Take it easy. You
1: yeah. know, if it goes back to what was saying about yeah. the, the mental battle is the yeah. hardest side of yeah. it. Like.
2: You know? like the body will keep going for hours on end, and that's why I think if we all find um, your own way of getting through it, you know, some people listen to music, some people think about work, you know, some people do different things. But once you take your mind off what you're actually doing. Then go for it. Mm. Like I'll often get messages on you know social media, or someone would ask a question. You know, how do I? What's the right way of breathing for running? I'm like, don't think about breathing. Like, you, do you think about breathing on a daily basis? <laughs> yeah, I know. People go out and they start running, and they focus on you know in through the mouth, out through the or in through yeah, nose, no, out through the mouth. But the more you think about that, then the more you you panic. Mm. It's just just go out and just go slow, yeah. mm. slow enough that you can have a conversation with someone next to you. Yeah. And before you know it, you've done 20 minutes and you're you're. On do you know road. what's great as well? Yeah.
1: Do you know when you see people out running, big people, mm. and you think, do you know I'm fucking fair play to them because yeah. it's better than sitting down and eating shit. If mm-hmm. you have to start somewhere, mm-hmm. and it must be hard for people to go over and mm. like I know for me starting <laughs> off running, it's like. Oh, for fuck's sake, you're very unfit, but then you have to give yourself a break, you know what I yeah. mean? You have to start somewhere, before bigger people, you know, you see them out running, it's like, fucking hell, yeah. great credit is due to mm-hmm. them people, you know?
2: Running has definitely become way more popular, especially because of the lockdown as well. Things are closed, so people are going out for a walk, and then those people who were probably walking all the time, and maybe did a bit of gym, mm. now we're saying, I'm going to go for a run. Um, and, and it's amazing to see, because it was a lot, it was a lot of... Um, Men, it was mostly men who would yeah. go for runs. You never really see women. Now yeah. it's it's nearly more women than men would go for runs. Remember the 5k challenge? Mm. The woman, she broke the world record there. She was in yeah,
1: yeah. fucking England, I think. You know, you had to run 5k, and when you ran the 5k, post a screenshot of your progress on Instagram and donate to mm. charity. But there was a lot of spoofs donating in bogey times. <laughs> this one, anyway, she put in the time, and it was better than some Kenyan running oh, the marathon in the Olympics. <laughs>
2: she got found out, uh, yeah. I don't That's know, I know. Do yeah. our Instagram That's going? Do yeah. our Instagram boy. <laughs> but it's yeah. because like there's a lot of um, a lot of virtual races now. You know, over the last yeah. few lockdowns, there hasn't been anything out yet this year. But again, it's just getting people out. If you know that on a particular day there's a 10k race and everyone around Ireland, or you know, there's a thousand people around Ireland doing it, then you yeah. do it as well.
1: Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I'll bring you back a little bit. So
2: um, you got three bad injuries, cruciate mm-hmm. ligaments. What happened then? For me, then it was you know what what do I do my life now kind of a thing Mm. um and I just went straight into to sport so you know a huge part of what I was doing in rehab was gym work I had to just build up the strength so I got a, a big interest in that I was never in a gym before that so I just became interested in that and it was you know sports related so I thought you know I'll go for that so I trained as a personal trainer and as a nutritionist and went into that world and into that industry um the first ever job I got was a gym manager in a hotel gym in, in Blarney no experience um I was <laughs> a good bluffer yeah, yeah. Uh, so I just worked you know worked my way through those things so I was gym manager then um moved to a gym in Carrigaline and there was just something you know I, I always wanted to have my own thing I always just looked to be the, the best at everything I'm doing or to mm. push myself as far mm. as I can go um, so I wanted to my own personal training studio and at the time you know your own PT Studio in Cork was was very unpopular now they're everywhere mm. which is great to see but it's it's definitely harder for them but at the time I th- there was probably only one or two other mm. studios so it was something I wanted to do so I left that job and opened my own PT studio and it was probably maybe just two times the size of this room yes. it was just enough space for me to train one person or two people mm. and it was you know something I just went straight into and that's kind of where I found my interest in social media as well mm. um, You know, whereas I I trained myself and I, you know, taught myself how to create videos and edit because I had to market myself Mm -hmm. having a studio. I didn't have the budget to, you know, get a marketing company in or people to create content. So I basically just searched on YouTube how to create these things. I started to market myself and things, things became very busy. And I, you know, started to look at will I now open a commercial gym, go from that PT studio up into the next thing again because... Again, for me, it's something I want to do. I need to go bigger again. Mm. So I did that and hired, I think it was like six staff at the time, and opened a commercial gym with gym memberships. Um, So you know, before that, it was just someone would pay me to train them for that hour, and it was only me and them. But now it was membership, like a normal gym. So I had that um, for, I think it was two years. But I think when I was coming towards the end of the PT studio time, I was starting to get unhappy in what I was doing. And I thought it was, you know, I need a new challenge. I need to open a bigger place again because I didn't really like my job. I loved the clients I had, but it just, you know, it wasn't something I loved going into every day. So I Mm -hmm. thought, you know, why not open something bigger and add Mm -hmm. more stress? So (laughs) it was something I did and, you know, took out a big bank loan, put a lot of money into it ourselves. And I knew, you know, one year in, I'm after making a big mistake here. Um, The gym was really busy. It was flying. The staff were amazing. The clients were amazing, but... Again, I was nearly finding reasons not to go to work. You know, mm-hmm. because as an owner of a business, you can kind of if, if you've staff working for you, you can hide away if if you want. Yeah. We'll come back to bite you in the mm-hmm. ass as well if if you do that for, for too much. So I started finding myself, you know, I leave I leave a bit early and they can close up or they'll open up tomorrow or you know, it. Yeah. Or James, will you train that person now because, you know, I've loads to do. Yeah. But i had nothing really to mm-hmm. do. It was just I I wanted to step away from it. Um, but you know, I was in a, a tough place I had big bank loans mm. I have staff, I have um, clients But I also have a family then as well And you know, it started again, taught me And I'm a, I'm a really happy person I'm always a really positive person It'd take a lot to get me down But at the time I was just I was really down And I started to, I, I I think, maybe get depressed And mm. you know, it wasn't something I loved doing And I started to, you know, have the conversation with my, with my wife And I think she knew so um, you felt trapped? I, I was I was trapped. There was nothing you know, what could I do at that stage? Mm. I had a business that had to keep opening up yeah. every day. Had I had peoples. massive loans that I needed to pay back, I need to pay yeah. the staff. You know, mem- members have paid money to I couldn't jobs. just close. Yeah. Well I, I, you you could have People closed. do. Um yeah. so I was faced with a you know, a thing of sorry to, to go back to that I had the conversation with, with my wife and you know she was so supportive of me and my parents were so supportive of me and said you know you need to do what you want to do to make or you know you need to do what you need to do um, so that you're happy and for me at the time I wasn't happy and it was such a weight off my shoulders when you know I heard that from them because you know when it's inside your head yeah. you think if I say these things you know people will just say I'll oh, get on with it you have to, you have to do this whereas mm. I had a, you know amazing support around me where they said you know who cares what people think, or who cares what happens? Just do what makes you happy. Yeah. So I was faced with a decision of: Will I just close it down? Will I try to sell it? Um, or will I just keep going? And for me, to keep going wasn't wasn't an option. I had to get out of it somehow. So I could close down the business and I probably would have done better if I did that. Um, But that wasn't something I wanted to do because I had staff, Mm. I had members. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to take the hit. It was my decision. So I had to um, look for someone to buy it. And fortunately I did. But it also meant that I would have to file bankruptcy because the money I was getting for the sale would not come close to covering the loans that I had. Was there a big difference? Big difference. Um, mm. But for me, at the time again, it
3: was the right decision. It right. was
2: the right decision. I mm. didn't, I didn't care, mm. um, and I know that sounds bad. Um, no, it makes sense, but, it, but I didn't because mm. it was such relief knowing that I was going to be out of this. Yes, I was going to be in a really difficult mm. position, and I would really have we we would have to start again because it's not just me, it's my family as well. Yeah. we would have to start again. But I had my happiness back, so I was choosing yeah. between being miserable and having money or choosing between uh, between that and being happy and being no. bankrupt. For just, me, it happy goes happy back bankrupt to that was thing. The, was
1: the answer. Peace of mind is the most important thing. And mm-hmm. when, you, when you haven't got your peace of mind, it doesn't matter if your gym is doing great mm-hmm. and the, the books are balanced. If you're not happy, you're not happy. Mm-hmm. And if you're broke as an ass, but you're happy and you're in a better place, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's all about contentment and being happy, yeah. life is too short to be dragging on with things you don't mm-hmm. want to do. Do you know what it's like?
3: It's quite similar to, say, for instance, you know, you're doing that PhD and making a big decision not to do it anymore yeah or even me even when i was doing my own degree the weight that came off my mm-hmm. shoulders when i was finished it mm-hmm. it was like oh jeez what do i do now isn't it the best you know?
2: thing ever yes yeah. it's,
3: it's it's fantastic like and 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 like what you said there is is great for other people to hear because they might be in a similar position as mm-hmm. yourself at the moment where they're stuck in a business like that and they have financial problems like that. They're stuck and, in a job. Yeah. Stuck a in a job, job you hate. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's why. You know. That's why I, first of all, shared my story. I, like I didn't share it for maybe, maybe six or seven months, just because it was still raw and I didn't want to just jump out and you know talk about it. It was. It wasn't that I was ashamed. I wasn't one bit embarrassed yeah. about it. But that's why I did share it because I knew so many people would be mm. in a similar position. And once I put it out on social media and told my story and you know, kind of let people know that it will be okay if you, you know, if you just fight through it. The amount of messages that I got from people yeah. that, you know, were in a similar position or yeah. were, you know, in the past um, was, was frightening. And, you know, it, it was good to get it off my chest. But like you said, you know, to, the weight that you get off your shoulders, mm-hmm. when that charity run I did, the 100 kilometers around the lock, it was on the 12th of October. So it finished at nine o'clock on the 13th of October, 2019. I went straight to bed um, at maybe half 9, 10 o'clock and got up the next morning at five, on the 14th at 5am to get a 6 o'clock train to Dublin to go to the court for file for my bankruptcy. So it was two days before. Um, and it was just, I didn't, you know, when I was doing that 100k run, it was a big thing that was on my mind that was keeping me going through the whole thing because mm-hmm. I knew that that was coming up in two days' time. But it was going to be such a, a relief off my shoulders that I remember getting off the train and I was late because the train was late. I actually had to jog from the train station over to the courthouse, which I think was about, I think about three or four kilometres. But my legs were so free, mm. even though I'd run 100 kilometres the day before, just because I, you know, it was something I just wanted to get over with. Yeah. And as soon as I came out, I was on the phone to Neil Prendival on Red FM to talk about 100 kilometres just outside the court. And again, it was something, as soon as I came out, it was something i you know, put behind me yeah. after that, you know, and it's it's funny because when you you messaged um last week or a yeah. few weeks ago to asked me to come on and you know, I said what what we chat about and you said you said you heard I was good at football and um that I had a bad injury and, you know, we'll chat about that. That didn't even come to my mind when you when you said it or when you said, you know, we'll we'll talk about adversities or going through struggles. And my point is, you know, there be so many moments in your life that at the time it's mm. the worst thing that could possibly happen. You're that's it. You're at yeah. rock bottom. Life isn't going to get better than this. And I had that feeling, you know, in my sporting days, that what am I going to do now? My life is over. But when you asked me what some of the toughest moments I've had, yeah. that didn't even come to my mind. I forgot about it until you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, for anyone watching or anyone listening, there'll be moments in your life that you think that's it. That's rock <laughs> bottom. Nothing's going to get better. Mm. But if you just get up again the next morning and just continue to go on. So much can change in, in such yeah. a short space of time, and like you, that was you five take, or six years ago.
1: You can take a hit today; that mm-hmm. means you can live good tomorrow. Exactly, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's about having that kind of long term thinking, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we, we can get very caught up in the here and the now, and mm-hmm. making money right now, and having stuff right now, mm-hmm. yeah. instead of investing your time now in your in yourself. Yeah. And everything falls in. Like I know from my own experience, and my wife's experience, and my and Timmy's life, and everything. When you're good in yourself, all that other stuff falls into place very mm-hmm. naturally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a negative headspace, you'll only ever get negativity. I mm-hmm. know no, it's fucking Conor McGregor, the secret stuff, but it's actually very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're a positive person, mm-hmm. good things happen for you. And mm-hmm. I've, I'm a, I am for it to be true. It's
3: about throwing that positive energy out there as well, because yeah. you're going to attract similar people or people that are aiming towards the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, if you're... If you're down, if you're depressed, and, and you know what? It's it's not by anybody's fault that mm-hmm. they're depressed. It's just they're going through whatever phase because mm-hmm. I was there myself. I yeah. was depressed. I couldn't see a way out of where I was. Yeah. couldn't, but I just still got up every single day and I slugged on, yeah. you know? I just kept pushing further mm-hmm. and I just would take that little small baby step of progression. Yeah. I, I, I might go to see my my counsellor or my psychologist or whoever it may be mm-hmm. you know I might read an article or something or a page in a book a self help book and it might just, just yeah. switch my, go off my head it's just yeah. it's just keep moving forward and there was something i, I there was a, f- a phrase as well I learned in a and I swear and I still love, live by it because it's ingrained into my mind it's stitched into my mind it's this too shall pass, mm-hmm. right? If you can surrender into whatever adverse situation is going on in your life in any given day, mm-hmm. any given day, just remember just that it's not going to be the same tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow is going to be different. And if mm-hmm. it is the same tomorrow, the next day it won't be the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I never realized how bad things were when I got it, it came into recovery for me because I I, I would have never had any awareness to know what I had to deal with when I put down a drink and a drug, you know. But my road to where I am now was a slow, paced Mm -hmm. walk, Mm -hmm. you know, because I needed that for me to grow as a person, for me to heal as a person, for Mm -hmm. all that stuff, all those different difficult situations that happened in my life Mm. when I was young and and older and addiction and all the shit that I fucking done to other people and all this I needed to do it nice and slowly there was Mm. no quick fix Mm. you know there was nothing like that and today I do have where before I would have spent all my day negativity now I spend most of my day happy like Mm. you said dear, I had to work towards that happiness it wasn't given to me I had to work towards it and there was therapy there was AA there was counsellors there was just sitting down with sponsors sitting Mm. down with people that I trusted and I could open up to you know and give my trust to Mm. all these different things Mm. they're all paths to progression Mm. you know it's not something that we get unless you're a our and it happens overnight Mm. and he just gets a spiritual awakening and he wakes up with this awareness you know Mm. which is fantastic Mm. you know but some of us have to go through stuff. Yeah. There's a good friend of mine there. Um, he would have struggled a lot a good few years ago. But every, he, he meditates every single day and he puts himself 100% into it. And he sent me a message yeah, uh, uh, on WhatsApp. And it was just like, it was just trust in your path. Trust mm-hmm. in your path. Trust mm-hmm. the way it's taking you. Yeah? And just keep doing the things that are good for you, mm-hmm. you know, like, for me, meditation is good for me, don't lose track of it, do it every day, and mm-hmm. keep doing it, and keep doing it, and keep doing it, and building that awareness, and awareness to yourself, you know, it's just, it's just, the reason I'm going on a rant here on a tangent, this no, is think. just, I think this is very, very important for people mm-hmm. to understand, because they might be in a really, really fucking dull, dark place, mm-hmm. you know.
1: But, but most does. most people will come into financial difficulty at some yeah. point in their life, or they might they might have businesses that are just swamped, under, or they might be in jobs that they hate and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, life is too short to be just soldiering on like a martyr. Like isn't oh yeah, it?
2: like for me, like that's not one thing. I'm not one bit embarrassed about you know yeah. financial difficulties is something. Yeah. If someone asked me, I would talk about it. No problem. Yeah. It's something I just kind of look at. That's another. That's another part of my life. Something I've got past. Mm-hmm. We all have, mm-hmm. you know, different difficulties, and you know, I know that by me sharing it, there's there's a lot of other people out there that were, you know, maybe embarrassed about it because I don't know. I think in Ireland we're we're embarrassed to always talk about two things. One is money, and the other is sex, and mm-hmm. it's always that thing. You know, we yeah. can't talk about it. Yeah. We won't talk about can't. sex now today. We do that, yeah. and we that <laughs> the next day. Um, but money is the is one thing. But to me, you said one thing there about, um, and I'm glad you said it. You, you know, you said that. You know, every day you're spending most of your time positive, but there's still negative mm-hmm. moments. And I think that's important to note mm-hmm. as well that, mm-hmm. you know, yes, you guys can be looked at as positive now and you've got past it, And I know people will look at me as always positive. But there's going to be moments in everyone's day that are not so positive. If yeah. you went through every day as, you know, always positive, you'd be so annoying. That yeah. person would always be high and, you know, they they would be too much to deal with. So I think it's important to note that it's okay having negative moments and difficult moments in, in your day as mm. well. Um, and you talked about mm. going past, you know, going through your journey and it was slow paced. I think it's important for people to know as well that, you know, time goes really fast. Mm. Like we're in, it's the end of January now, mm. nearly into February. We're almost a year into this lockdown. Yeah. I know we say lockdown three, but it's it's no. the one lockdown yeah. really. We're nearly a year into it, but look how fast that time has yeah. gone. So it only Phrum. seems like yesterday that yeah. they were cancelling the Patrick's Day, right? That's right. The only, and they just we're canceled. talking about now again? Yeah. I they know. just can't again last right? week. Yeah. You know, the so time goes so quickly. I know sometimes when you're stuck in a moment, you think that it's going to take so long to mm-hmm. get there. But as you get older, time goes quicker. Mm-hmm. Remember, like when it comes to when you're a kid, when it came to like the 1st of December, way for Christmas, yeah. it seemed like it was years because you're waiting for Santa to come. But mm-hmm. now, Christ, it's a year ago, past mm-hmm. like a day now. Do you know what I
1: mm-hmm. think helps with the positivity as well, or helps to build your positivity? them negative experiences and that Mm -hmm. adversity because Mm -hmm. no, when you come through that and you get into it you become happy again Mm -hmm. you just get gratitude gratitude that you're not in that shitty place no more like if you're in the depths of it and you've the pressure of staff and their families your own family banks and when you actually box that off and move on it's like a weight lifted then you're fucking hell Mm -hmm. and you're gratitude and that Mm -hmm. gratitude is what gets you through today, and that gratitude is what brings other opportunities in your path yeah and when you before we move on to what you're doing today what is what's the lived experience of bankruptcy what does it actually mean what's the nuts and bolts of it in In terms of like what 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 kind of what can and can't you do exactly yeah
2: so when when you're declared bankrupt it was um i think it was maybe five or six years ago it was like nine years you were bankrupt. Then then they brought it down to five years because you know it was it was difficult for people to get out of it. Now it's twelve months. So I officially came out of bankruptcy last October fourteenth. It was like a celebration, it was like graduation. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um but it was amazing. Yeah, it was like it was a really good day to you know just get past that period. Um but it you know it basically means that, you know, you can't I think the the figure was you can't go for a loan that's more than six hundred euro without you know, letting the revenue officer, officers know first, and you know, there's a few in rules and regulations around it. But I had an amazing account accountant that helped me get through it. Mm. That's one thing I want to know. Actually, if you know, if you're in a situation like that, I know I was, and you know, you, you think, you know, where do you go now? Mm. Like that's something I okay, I maybe need to do. Where do I go? There's a lot of people in Cork that can help people out. Um, if you just Google it again, you know, bankruptcy Cork or something. There's there's a lot of services in Cork to help you, and they will do all the work. Um, for you it's not as easy as you know you just go in and they get it done for you it, it's a long process but you know don't think that you're by yourself or you're in it yourself mm-hmm. if someone wanted to throw me a message and ask more about it if they're a bit embarrassed about you yeah. know getting on that road don't be I'd only be happy What about
1: for future credit?
2: Yeah I can again it, it can affect but Is it
1: something you have to declare yeah, after the 12 month period?
2: It's something that you will again I'll have to check I'm not 100% sure I, I think it will be something that they will ask you don't have to declare it because I'm no longer... Like, I'm not bankrupt yeah, now, yeah. but if I went into a bank, it will be something that they asked, ask um, you, have you been ever declare declared bankrupt? But it, it'll affect you if, you know, if your numbers weren't correct and if it, that was the last straw, then of course it will affect you. But if, if you're, you know, your figures are okay if you're going for a mortgage and everything looks good and, you know, you've balanced yeah. books for a few it's years... It's not the end of the world, forward. like? No, no, it's not the end of the world. And that was something, you know, again, to go back to my accountant... He was amazing with that, that, you know, you go in and I was kind of, I wasn't embarrassed in myself or to talk to my family or friends about it. But again, you go into an accountant, the money man, and you're sitting down in front of a table Mm. and that's, sometimes that can be hard. You're sitting Mm. there and you know, they're dealing with people who are probably dealing with millions at times and Mm. you're declaring bankruptcy Mm. and you think that they'll almost look down at you, but he was so supportive and, you know, he was just like, don't worry about it. He's like, you know, said that people are declared bankrupt every day. And your number was small, even though it's still a lot. It's mm-hmm. not millions. He yeah. said, pill- people who have declared bankruptcy, you know, 30 million, 50 million. He like, said, this is, you yeah. know, small fish in a pond for them. Mm. So he really, you know, made it really easy for me. And, you know, it was easier for me to, to go in and meet someone like mm. that. So, you know, I think it's, some, it's, it's important for people to remember that. They're not the only one. Yeah. When I went up to the court that day, I was, it's a strange one. You think you're going to go in and, you know, meet the judge and it's just going to be you but there was i think maybe 40 people there and i was um number 14 to stand up and they just call out your name and that was you know that's basically you have to say you know yes to certain things and no to certain things and you're there for 30 seconds and back out the door again <laughs> awesome. but it's funny like i have i have a tattoo on my arm um 14 the number 14 and my wife actually did the tattoo um she she drew it and she tattooed me with it but it's the number that has come up for me Absolutely everywhere, and it's always been good, positive yeah. things, like you know, kids born and those things, and you know, even the time 1202, twelve or and, yeah, 2 and 14, yeah, yeah. you know, loads of bits like that throughout my whole life. But when I got the letter to go to Dublin for my bankruptcy hearing, it was on the fourteenth of October. I was number fourteen. For fuck's sake! <laughs> I was in courtroom number fourteen. Oh, no yeah. I told that story to my accountant as well. They were just you know, that's shocking. mad, isn't it? It was crazy. Yeah. So it was. It, it again. It was. Something that I just... When I opened it, it was something that I laughed about. Um, yeah. But I knew I was on the right path then again. Mm.
1: Um, that's amazing. Like that. cool, yeah. no, that's, that, that's very freaky, though. That oh, 14. 14 I yeah, keep yeah.
3: seeing them, the 11.11 oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. constantly. Um, and cool, I was, was speaking to a lady there recently about it. And she said, whenever that number comes up for you, just look at what you were thinking at, at mm. that moment or what you were doing and just... Question whatever it is yeah what's the meaning because it's a, it's a porp- it's it's a purpose mm-hmm. there's something behind it, yeah, you know, and i have I have been doing it, and um no, I mean no, this was coming up a lot it's it, it, a lot that, like yeah. yeah, you know it wasn't just every time you know I do quite a bit of meditation as well, and yeah. I always look at the other side of it as well, Through meditation mm. and uh, there's definitely, definitely something behind numbers like that if Mm -hmm. they keep popping up for people, certain people. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be someone that would be uh, (sighs) clairvoyant or any of these other, can't see things or anything like that. But I know that there's definitely something beyond everything else. I think so too, yeah. Because I've had meditations there where um, the peace and the just, the relaxation that I get from it, and the mm-hmm. bliss, mm-hmm. just pure love, and, and just, you know, it, it's, it's a different level to what you feel in your everyday life, mm-hmm. with your family, and your kids, and stuff like that. There's more to the world than what we perceive with yeah. our yeah. senses. Yeah. It's For unbelievable. Sense like. to be
2: like. but I love the, the, mm-hmm. the two of you can talk about stuff like this on the podcast, or me here as well, you know, three men, and two big strong men across me that are, yeah. you know, they talk about <laughs> your feelings and talk about yeah. meditation, you know like 20 years ago that's not something that men would have really done or no. even probably 10 years ago but it's amazing that you know you can do it and you're comfortable doing it because it does help people people men especially mm-hmm. are, are more open to come out and talk about yeah. their feelings then.
1: do you know what's great about that I was at my nephew who plays for Rockmont right mm-hmm. and I was at one of his matches when they were allowed last year round the autumn and two men came over to me separate times and they, they watched the podcast men known in the middle age like suffering bad with depression and anxiety uh, and they come over and disclose a lot of stuff to me but they wouldn't talk about it to their families or friends or colleagues or anything mm-hmm. like that but they still like just because men don't talk about it men still suffer with all this stuff too mm-hmm. do you know what I mean so it's great to have a conversation starter like something like this do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it's not all like you're not anything less yeah. If you file for bankruptcy, if you've been, if you've used drugs because of mm. your mental health, if you're depressed, or if you can't go to work because your mental that's, that's not a weakness. It's just mm. a part that yeah, that that can be dealt with, mm. and it can mm. you know that you can move on
3: from too. You know that's the part. Yeah. Sorry. I no, I was just going to say that was the main reason for starting. This was to show the people that have been in similar positions to myself and James, mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. To everybody else that's been on the last few months yeah. um, That there is a way out of yeah. whatever you're going through Yeah, You know, there's always a way out mm-hmm. There's more possibilities mm-hmm. There's just, you have to pick yourself up And get yeah. over that kind of yeah. shit that's just going on for you, you know
2: I actually find that, you know You, you have to be a lot stronger to come out and speak about your feelings Than, mm-hmm. you know, not speak about it It takes a lot mm-hmm. of strength for someone to come out And open up about something that they're mm-hmm you know, maybe a bit self-conscious about or worried about, mm-hmm. you know, it, it takes a lot more strength. So I think, you know, if, if people think about that, sometimes it can give them the strength to, to step out yeah. because it's easier. don't want to say it's weaker to keep it in, but it mm-hmm. definitely takes a lot more strength to speak out.
1: Definitely. Um What are you doing with yourself these days? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, a mix of loads of things. Yeah. Um, I'm still working for myself, um, which I absolutely love. I've, you know, I have a, a studio at my um, parents' back. Um, it's just kind of like this actually yeah. like in the same shape but so what I do is I, I I basically create content on social media so I create videos and pictures for brands and companies so you know some of the content will live on my own Instagram page some of the content I create for you know brands pages that they use on their own you know mm. account so it's it's like uh, digital marketing or content yeah. creation
1: and I I follow your Instagram um, i'm not a big consumer of instagram i have we have our own page mm. um that we're kind of just getting started really do you know but mm. i'd be more stronger on twitter mm. but your videos mm. are great They're just some of the stuff that you're on i'm not, I'm not interested really but it's, everything just looks so clean yeah, you're yeah. entertaining you're easy energy even talking to you here you've got a great energy and when you're on your videos it even comes across there so the videos are great and mm-hmm. you're going to run on um tutorials and trainings mm. coming up aren't
2: you yeah um it's funny, like, people are definitely a lot more interested in creating content now for themselves, and both of you spoke about it before mm-hmm. the yeah. podcast, and it's definitely something that's becoming a lot more popular. People love being able to just, you know, pick up their phone and be able to create videos. So what I do, just in case people are wondering as well, when you're talking about your, your videos, it's basically vlogs, so I create yeah. like a mini movie of my day. But the reason I do it is, it's almost like a mini, not a mini, I suppose, it's it's, It's almost like a family album for me to look back in 10 years' time. So the footage I create or I take every single day, I put it onto a hard drive and I store it. So I can look back in 10 years' time and look at these mini-movies that I've created with myself, my wife and my kids. Um, You know, because things change so quick. Like the way they laugh or the way they talk, walk, their personality changes so quick. So for me, you know, when you're looking at a picture, you can see a certain person and some people will look at a picture and, you know, judge people differently or Mm -hmm. they'll remember something different. But video is totally different. You're getting the picture, but you're getting sound. You're getting, you know, you're getting a sense of a feeling of what it was like. So that's why I love creating them. Yeah. Um, and it definitely helps with my business then as well. People can see the stories I can tell, and that I'm good at telling stories of, you know, when nothing's really happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and brands will contact me because mm-hmm. of bits like that so it's something you, I love doing you, you take everyday situations and you make them
1: entertaining <laughs> by adding different le- different angles different yeah, yeah. lenses a bit of music and next <laughs> all of a sudden Dan is going to the shop and I want to see what Dan is going <laughs> to the shop for you know what I mean <laughs> you, 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 it you. was
2: something I did la- I did it last year as well and I did it 260 or 270 days in a row but it, work was just manic towards the end of last year and I just needed a bit of a mental is break is time consuming it again. the vlogs it's, it's time consuming but again if you if you manage it, it's not like I'm going around all day. I try to think of what am I doing today that's some bit interesting or some bit different. And I just try to tell a bit of a small bit of a story about that. Um, so you can manage your time around it. But I did yeah. it last year and, you know, it just, I got to a stage where I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be more creative with it. It was just something I was doing. So I took yeah. a break. Um, but now when we kind of went into this new lockdown again, shall we yeah. say, it was just something I wanted to challenge myself with again because we're all doing the same thing every day none of us are doing anything we're kind of staying inside probably grabbing a coffee going for a walk or a run and that's pretty much it so I wanted to you know test out my own creativity see what I could create out of nothing I have a
3: good one for you and one of my my small fellow he's nine he doesn't watch this thankfully Um, (laughs) but one of his Christmas gifts came today oh yeah you know it was supposed to be here yeah six weeks ago yeah so I, Nicole rings me and she says to me, that gift, one of his gifts is after arriving. And she says, "What I do it. I says, keep it there and wrap it. Mm-hmm. And when I come home, I'll take the ladder out and I'll pretend that there's something blocking uh, dead, the sick. moss coming down the gutter. <laughs> so off I went then. I came home, got the ladder, put the ladder out the back. He managed inside in the kitchen sitting down and um, doing something. And uh, I said, oh, jeez. Do you know, I make sure he can see me out the window as well. Yeah. Said, Jesus, <laughs> God, there's something here and the gutter. is stopping all the water from coming down. And I made sure there was a bit of water on it as well. And I passed it in. And I said, give that to your mum. He went over. She said, that's not for me at all. What's that? So he opened it. And it was one of his gifts from Christmas. Brilliant, yeah. And the smile that yeah. was on his face. like That's uh, a memory he'll have. Yeah. The, he'll have uh, that memory forever. Like. Yeah. You know, and you wouldn't believe what they were there were these Lego AK-47s, guns. <laughs> he's <They're>, daddy's bite. <laughs> they were gold in colour. But he has all, he, he loves Lego, and he sets up all these, on the table he sets up the Lego, you know, they'd be having little wars and battles and stuff, and he, he wanted, he had skeletons as well, and he wanted these golden guns to be hanging off the skeletons. But you know, it would have been a fantastic kind of video or something That's like that to gonna, create. Did one, no? No, she you know, I, something I would like, love yeah. you know, I'll have to call out your house next yeah. time we take you know, a video, something right? like that no I'm kind of I yeah. just I, I don't really like James really these Thank were God. all the, the the videos and stuff me I'd be either too busy or I you're don't know talent. how to do it
2: you're the talent James yeah. is the worker then yeah, the <laughs> I get
3: it but yeah I just said I'd that's share the that story, story. I know stuff like that yeah. that's
2: what I love because you, you have that in your head, which is, which is amazing. You'll yeah. always have it. Yeah. But you'd love to be able to watch it on a screen and yeah. show them when mm-hmm. they're older as well. Like I have clips of the kids when, you know, even four years ago, three or four yeah. years ago. And they're just great to look back on because I forget them as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're only able to store so many things in our, our brain that we look back at yeah. something and remember what something was like. You know, I'll always record them on Christmas morning and stuff like that. I, I don't post that on mm-hmm. social media really. But, you know, just being able to record all of those bits, they're yeah. great to look back yeah. on. Yeah, yeah,
1: you have your own podcast with Trisha. Yeah, how did that start and how's that going?
2: We haven't done it now in a while. Over well, lockdown, of, yeah. yeah. Well, Trish is, is is kind of living on the border of Limerick and Cork, so yeah. it's a lot more travel for her. So she,
1: she was meant to come on here, really. But she contacted me the other day, and we're in lockdown, and I'm, there's no pressure on anybody to come. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. The people that we've had on here are literally living around the corner, yeah. think Rod <laughs> City people, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, how did you start that, and how's it going, and how do you Does find podcasting? This-
2: Podcasting is tough. Like, I have to give you credit mm-hmm. that you're it, it's, you know, doing it every week. It's, it's not easy. Um, like, there's a lot of planning to it. Mm-hmm. Of course, it, it's that bit easier once you press record and then you, you start chatting and it's just a conversation, but there's a lot of planning before it. Um, so, well done. Thank you. Um,
1: but we often talk about that. You know, like, mm-hmm. when people watch this, right, they're going to say, fuck it, that's great. But the amount of work that goes into the cameras and getting everything together and organising mm-hmm. the phone calls and yeah, texts yeah. and no, you were working no, you didn't order a, or yellow only M&Ms I or anything like life. that. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> but uh, And we haven't had any divas. No, but you know what? It is, there's more to it than the other people yeah, see. Yeah. So it's great to have the acknowledgement. Yeah. Thank
2: you. <laughs> I'm like that. I'm laughing because I'm like that in my work. You know, I'll, I could spend a full day working on a video for a client and it might be 15 seconds long and I'll go in and my wife is always the first person I show it to because she'll, be as honest and tell me if there's something not great, and I'll go in and show it. And you know, I'm waiting for that one thing that I've been working two hours on, and she won't even notice it And you're like, Really? <laughs> you didn't do did not see that part, and you're waiting for this. It. Uh, so it's the same with the podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, so with Trish, um, I suppose how it started was my wife actually did Trish's hair. My wife is a hairdresser, so she, you know, she did Trish's hair for um, from once and once, and then so they got friendly. and you know, I met Trish then through that. And Trish did Cork Mini Marathon. Uh, yeah, women, Cork's women, Women's Mini Marathon. And she was the ambassador for that last year, 2019, I can't what year. So she asked me to create a video for her. Um, so we just got friendly doing that. And she wanted to start the podcast. I talked about it and it just... You know, no. it just happened. But it was, that was fun. It was
1: fun. Yeah. Like, yeah, a great fit. Yeah, yeah, we're good, yeah. yeah there's a great, there's a great energy with you. And I remember when um Trisha contacted me after I was on the telly, I didn't know who you and Trisha were because I I, was, I wasn't I was even on Instagram. You know, I was just, I had a page, but Twitter was my thing, you know. And you're not really active on Twitter. No. Um. So when Trisha contacted me, I seen the blue tick and I looked my page with 140,000 followers. It was this one, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um. When when people contacted me, a lot of media contacted me, asked me on the tele. said, "Not everybody, because I was a private person, mm. and I wasn't used to all the attention." Mm-hmm. and you know, Timmy, you know yourself, when you give your story like that, you can feel a bit raw mm-hmm. yeah, afterwards yeah. and you just want to kind of crawl under a rock for a few months. But then when I went back to Trisha and I met you out in the Woods, and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that podcast, and I got good, yeah. great feedback from your followers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um they're a lovely bunch of followers, mm-hmm. so credit to you, but you're a lovely bunch of people, so Thank I'd expect you. nothing else.
2: But you know when when you say like um lovely followers, etc., I th- I think you always get back what you put out you know if you're yeah. like a fun or energetic or positive person those kind of people will want to see more of you um, that's, that's what I mm. always find and you you create a connection with those kind of people then because that's what they want yeah. people um, want so entertainment always, exactly yeah. they
3: want to be entertained and if they're not being entertained they'll move on
1: but they want the genuineness as well yeah. and they want they want somebody that's like it's not an act mm. and mm. there's no facade and it's not forced you know it's just yeah. When your videos you're with your family it 's all very natural, you know, and when people watch me something to me, like we, we have our regional accents, and sometimes we them. I we didn 't even, even notice them uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? we know who we are and we yeah. don 't try to hide it yeah. that 's what people want there 's enough fake shit on social yeah. media this isn 't fake, and neither mm-hmm. is that you know so I
2: talked about that before as well in, in a video the the cork accent, and it 's funny the, the north side of Cork and the South side is, is totally different, but. Yeah. Like, I've definitely had comments before about my accent as well on, on social media. But, you know, ne- never negative, but just, yeah. you know, you have a really strong Cork accent. And my re- response is always, I'm from Cork. Yeah, it's, what else? It's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. that thing of Cork accents. People are like, oh, I don't really have a Cork accent. Mm-hmm. Do I? And like, I'm, I'm proud of it. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've <But, laughs>
3: said that myself to Nicole a few times. <laughs> really? So I have a strong accent. Oh, really? <laughs> She'd look at me and say, what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, you <laughs> know, people from Liverpool,
2: like, love their accent. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so much stronger than here. But, yeah. I, I think we just have to embrace that. Uh, I think we just be true to yourself,
1: and that's what I think yeah. the beauty of podcasts is and having your own media uh, content because we don't words. all so- we don't all sound like RTE news presenters, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, embrace your regional mm-hmm. accent, embrace your own, and culture. embrace your
3: vocabulary as well. Yeah, that's a very important factor. Mm-hmm. And we had Lynn Rowan at one stage here, and she spoke about that. She says you don't have to know every single word in the dictionary, and I don't. You know, I try to use what words are in the vocabulary I have and Mm. and try to articulate Mm. what I mean at times Mm. with what limited words I have, Mm. you know, and that's a big thing. And when she said that, do you "You know know what? I say what I have to say, what words I have, you know, in my vocabulary, and it's okay. And if someone doesn't like it, they don't like it. That's okay with me, She's a senator.
1: She's from Tala, but um, she's very outspoken and she's... uh, very popular as well mm-hmm. because okay. like having somebody from a council estate in the Shannon is not common and she doesn't mm-hmm. try to hide who she is mm-hmm. and yeah. she'll go in there with her earmarks and her tattoos <laughs> and all that but she was talking to me and Timmy and she says um like she doesn't have she has a grey vocabulary but sometimes the her accent will come out very pronounced or something yeah. and this snobby politician up there says to her sorry Lynn you said that wrong she says well you fucking know what I meant in that <laughs> <laughs> do
3: you know what she have, she have a fantastic book out as well I read her book it's called people like me you know it just explains it's it's very similar to myself and James's story how someone can really change their whole life mm. through education and mm. just moving on into different things but still holding who they are as a yeah, person keep your roots you like- know,
2: it's, that, that's a, like a level of comfort as well, when, mm. when you can just be comfortable and You're not you know, trying speak to be anybody else. Speak, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know why people, you know, try to change that. Mm. It's something I always say. You know, that's why people find it hard to speak to a camera, yeah. um, or you know, talk on social media, because when they see themselves for the first time, they say, is that how I really look? Is that how I really mm. sound?" And it's tough mm. shit, that is the way yeah. you look and that's the way you sound. You just have to embrace that, embrace um, it and love yourself exactly, it's,
3: it's, it's, yeah. and try to. No i say this No but it's actually One of the hardest things On planet earth For people to actually Love themselves mm-hmm. You know it's, it's a process That we yeah. could Might have Because we were taught it As young kids And we were constantly Loved in everything else But those of us that didn't mm-hmm. you, it's it's a process that you just have to go through and, mm-hmm. and you're, every day and it might take a long time for you to actually love and when you love yourself and you're happy mm-hmm. with yourself what, you are not going to gear what way you look in the camera yeah. uh, or how you sound or, or how people everybody think. Else, yeah mm-hmm. or how people think mm-hmm. you
2: know so i like I've, I've definitely got a comment like that before where you know i know i'm comfortable on camera i do it every single day for my work and for other people's work and when you were, then people will say, "I." And I've had the comment before where someone was said, "You know, you, you like you love yourself, or you're you're definitely septic." And it's like, "Of course, I love myself." Isn't that isn't that something that you you know want to yeah. achieve in your lifetime? And I have no problem saying that again mm-hmm. because loving yourself, I think sometimes. People look at it as, mm. as looks and mm. you know, your the way, yeah. you, way you look at yourself from the outside. But it's it's not that. Loving yourself mm. is the way you love yourself from the inside and yeah. you know
3: everything about you, flaws and all.
2: And I think yeah. that there's the different
3: meanings really to it. Yeah. Than, like there's arrogance loving yourself yeah. as well. Yeah and cocky loving yourself or loving yourself and just trying to love everybody else around you without being arrogant or mm. too cocky mm. or whatever. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and 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 that's that's important as well to yeah. note that yeah. if somebody ever says something like this. it's me not trying to be arrogant or, yeah. or cocky or anything it's just this is who I am. Yeah.
1: I have a few questions for you okay. from the audience.
2: Okay.
3: I wasn't prepared enough for
2: these.
1: I was a member of Dan's gym a few years ago, Roger. Okay. Would you ask him what he thinks of the fitness industry today now that there is uh, more anabolic steroid use among the younger generation? Love the podcast.
2: Hmm. to be honest I, I thought there would be a lot less now um, I haven't been in you know the fitness industry in maybe 4 or 5 years now so I, I definitely thought there would be less now because there's a bit more hmm. knowledge and education out there what's your
1: thoughts on anabolic steroids in general or? I,
2: I I would be against them totally against them it's just uh, I don't know if there's enough research out there for it I, again it's going to be popular it's popular mm-hmm. in sports did you come I can, across it in your gym? no never <laughs> If, there's like, certain gyms would have the no, reputation yeah. and then
1: other gyms would be seen more kind of family I,
2: yeah like that would have been the type of gym I had was more kind of fun fitness yeah. rather than you know heavy lifting it was yeah. only up to a certain weight it was no bodybuilders type thing um, again I, I'm not educated enough on steroids yeah. to talk about it or to, mm. to bash them but what I would say is like I'm not surprised that you know someone wants to achieve more or look different it's the same for men and women. You know, mm. Men will take things to maybe make themselves bigger or look different. Women yeah. will do the same thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, What's the difference between um, injecting testosterone into your glutes and injecting lip filler into your mouth? Yeah, it's the course. same thing. You're using mm-hmm. external stuff to mm-hmm. enhance your appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as you're using external stuff to fill a void, and we spoke about this before, mm-hmm. You, it will never end. Yeah. It will never end because mm-hmm. the lip filler will only go so much and then it'll be mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. The, the testosterone will turn into, a fat burner will turn into, before you know it, you're going to get complications. You yeah. know? So it's just, it's, it's not downplaying anybody that uses them or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. You're entitled to do what you want to do during mm-hmm. your life. Yeah. just have to be aware of the, the dangers that might come mm-hmm. further down the line. There's a, there's a
3: health consequence as well to the, all that stuff, yeah, even the, steroids like you can. There's some stuff, even mental health, yeah, you know, that's I,
2: what I would say. It's just I, I wouldn't know enough on it if yeah. some if you said to me and if there was enough scientific evidence that every you know all this type of thing was 100% safe and there was never any complications, mm. then like you know, there's nothing wrong with it. But I don't know if that's the case, mm.
3: yeah. There I was, would have used them, I would have used really? steroids when I was younger, okay. yeah, I would have used them and um you know I, listen I didn't know who I was back then yeah yeah you know and I would have used them to for the quick fix to, yeah. to get make me bigger and make m- my image look a little bit more intimidated mm-hmm. you know so um, but I haven't used them in a long time mm-hmm. you know um, and I'm very lucky that there wasn't I, I my physical health is good. Mm-hmm. Still, it, that didn't affect me. But I know some people that yeah that has affected. Yeah, you know? I, imagine, yeah. Yeah. I think
1: there's another podcast there. Any for us in terms of that's a topic that we need to, to discuss. Yeah. You know, but we'll move without, on. Without any.
3: judging anybody, of course. You know, therefore, any it's, judgment yeah, here, yeah, but And yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Unless laughs> he's is, and this is
1: Southampton, now. Like, but uh, we won't go there. Yeah. But um, Vivian McCarthy says, uh, oh yeah. She remembers her yeah, from your modeling days. Mm. Oh <laughs> Jesus.
3: You remember so bad. <laughs> I wasn't planning
2: on so <laughs> do you know Viv well?
1: I don't know her at all. I just Instagram friends, that's oh, all. Know, you that. know, but uh, she seems like a nice person. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: she does, yes, yeah, throwing that in there now as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would like I would definitely dabble in that when I was I think um maybe like eighteen to maybe twenty three, twenty four again. Again something, you know, in the in Ireland, that people you know, especially man doing it again, it's a thing that he must fancy himself if he's doing it. But mm-hmm. you know, it was things,
1: um, but well, listen to me then if you're a handsome man and you are a handsome man <laughs> and, oppor- and you get opportunities because you're a handsome man, take the opportunities, I so. do you gonna gonna paid, make what the no opportunities apologies are. for your good looks. Yeah, you're in yeah. good company here, yeah. I might add. Yeah, if you're, you get, what I mean? if you're, if you're getting paid, anyway, yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> no, I've,
2: I've done things before where it's, um, and you know what, I, I laugh about it now because there were like stock, um, stock photo shoots. So it basically, I, I'd be turning up for. I'd be doing like a, a really fun gym one for a brand on a particular week. Then the next week, I could be a baker. So I could be wearing, I could, I could be wearing a baker, full baker suit, maybe pictures of you know me holding bread and me and maybe a lady model and we're looking at you know bread again. But those pictures are everywhere now. Still, that you know they are sites where if you have a baker's business you can go on and purchase that image oh, to use it yeah, for your yeah, marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get sent stuff yeah. every now and again which you know I might be a baker I might be I'm a scientist and another one sort of use for marketing. So yeah. So if you see those out there <laughs> they're from a long time ago. <laughs> ah that's gas. Yeah, but look yeah. we'll
1: actually go to after it up because the cameras only go for so long. Um, yeah. Thanks a million I really no enjoyed problem. talking to so much for uh, Thank you Dan. It's been great thanks chatting man. with you and
2: um, I hope you enjoyed it. No it was a pleasure it really was like yeah. I've watched so many of them now it's I was only waiting for the call and I couldn't, mm. couldn't believe it took this yeah, long. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh, I think it, it'll help a lot of people that's watching the podcast because we all come into financial difficulty <clears throat> at times and it's great to give your experience and thanks for being so open and honest with us. And I hope um, your followers enjoy the rest of our episodes and I hope my followers enjoy your episodes. Thank you. I so so. Uh, it's a mutual thing as well. So um, <laughs> thanks a million. Thanks to me. Thanks for going on the decks, and I see you all next week. Slime, lad.
0: Thank you, everyone. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing.